Welcome to the Well Community Jokes. I just want to say thank you. Uh, after Chris's update on uh, the finances and just where things are, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, it's exciting what's happening here. Um, it, uh, I haven't hidden this fact that church planting was something I never wanted to do and never intended to do. So it's been a scary ride, but at the same time, it's been so exciting and it's been just amazing to see the community that has come together. And I believe it now more than ever. I've been here almost three years now that this community needs Jesus. Um, man, I am just connecting with person after person after person who's just experiencing hopelessness and defeat and discouragement. And it's just showing me that God is on the move here. And the more that we can come together and be united and stand united, just not w within this room, but even with all the churches, man, people start noticing things are happening. And I think that's why some of the, the discouragement I've even felt this week was just kind of getting me down because God is at work and he's inviting us to participate with him in this. And sometimes I think that as soon as I feel discouragement, it's like, oh man, I must be on the wrong path. But I've been reminded, no, God has us here for a reason. So thank you for that. Thank you for your support, your encouragement, uh, your prayers. And I'm looking forward to this year ahead and what God's going to do. Uh, I truly believe that great things are in store in this community. And uh, next week, I'm excited to even just share some of that. We're going to, like Chris said, look back on the year and also look ahead to uh, the, the vision for 2019 and where we feel God is leading us. Sometimes being up at the front, uh, you might get the impression that I have it all together. Well, let's squash that. Um, <laughs> those that know me, which is everyone here, you know that I don't. Um, I've... So we put together the podcast. We record these messages. We put them on Facebook, and I put them on uh, Apple and, and Google. And I wanted to have an intro. So actually, Kyle helped, helped put together our logo and, and animation. And I had uh, Landon's audio clip from a year ago when he says, Welcome to the Well Community Church. So here's Landon. Uh, oh, we just lost our feed. <laughs> oh, there it is. So here's Landon in the intro to our podcast now. Welcome to the Well Community Jokes. And then it flows right into the, the sermon. Well, then this past week, I thought I would try and get Kinsley to do this, because I thought that'd be cute to have both of them. But I didn't realize that Landon was lining up to jump on me as hard as he could. So this is what that turned out to be. Wait, to... welcome to... Oh, fudge! No! <laughs> now, I did say fudge, just to clarify that. <laughs> and at first, he was so startled, like, oh, my goodness. And... <laughs> but when we realized we had that recorded, Amanda piped up and said, man, we need to play that audio clip for everyone. And Landon's actually remembered that and wanted me to share that. So... There's Parenting 101. I don't have it together. <laughs>
But uh, <laughs> so tonight we're wrapping up our five-week parenting series, this launching rockets where we're trying to prepare them the best that we can. And if you're like me, I'm kind of surprised we're already at the end of it. And I'm kind of thinking, man, there's still so much that we haven't covered and so much we haven't tackled. So there's two things I want to suggest for that. That we can use these guideposts and topics to kind of spur the discussion, kind of like discussion starters to lean into one another, to support one another. And I've kind of said that from the outset, that I want this to kind of start conversation. Uh, You might not agree with everything I've said. You might not uh, totally understand certain things, or some things might have just clicked, or you might experience things differently. But let's lean into one another. Let's not be afraid to ask for help when we need it. And if you see people in help or in need of help, then uh, step out and just make the ask, like Chris says, and and just ask if there's anything you can do. But then the the second uh, suggestion to cover more of it is perhaps we need to revisit this in a year's time or so and have a part two of Let's Talk Parenting because my kids are going to change in the next year, many of yours are, and there's just going to be new information that we learn. And especially as it comes to like topics like technology, right now, I can't believe my kids already understand how to use an iPad, but as they get older, that just comes up so many more questions. And how do we, how do we tackle that biblically? How do we... Um, walk with them through this, this uh, journey of just growing together because, let's face it, they live in a world that we didn't live in. So even my parenting examples that I look to, it, it's completely different because my parents never really had to make these decisions about cell phones and, and uh, laptops and the whole bit and YouTube, which has a plethora of uh, information at their fingertips. But uh, let's, lean, let's continue to just lean into this together and perhaps uh, just pray with me about uh, part two of this series and uh, just to tackle more of these questions that might be left unanswered. But I still have this message to share with you tonight, and it's the one that's been brewing within me, and um, I, I'm excited to share it, um, although I'm not going to experience it for some time. It's this this aspect of letting go. I experienced it as a kid of being, wanting that independence and wanting my parents to let me go, uh, so I can offer that. But um, parenting is somewhat this temporary journey. We have about 18 years with our kids, and my sister-in-law liked to correct me that with a child with disabilities, they're with their family more, and um, that brings its own nuances and challenges. Um, but for the most part, it is a temporary journey that we're on. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> but as we, as we start watching them grow, um, we, we journey with them to this launch day where we watch them launch and we cheer for them with this healthy dose of excitement and trepidation and anticipation. But most of all, love. And it's because we love our kids so much that I think that this aspect of letting go is that much harder because we just want to protect them from hurt, protect them from pain. But tonight we're going to look at three guideposts which I believe are essential in this whole process of letting go. So let's begin by looking at 1 Kings 12, 
6 to 11. And here, the context of this is the Israelites are trying to make a deal with the king. And their proposal is that if he agrees to lighten their load, then they would be willing to be his servants. They wouldn't put up a fight. They would, they would just go uh, gladly. So King Rehoboam consulted the elders who had served his father Solomon during his lifetime. How would you advise me to answer these people, he asked. They replied, if today you will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. But Rehoboam rejected the advice the elders gave him and consulted the young men who had grown up with, who had grown up with him and were serving him. He asked them, what's your advice? How should we answer these people who say to me, lighten the yoke your father put on us? The young men who had grown up with him replied, tell these people who have said to you, your father put a heavy yoke on us, but make our yoke lighter. Tell them, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. My father laid on you a heavy yoke. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. Guidepost number one, help turn the friendship dial. We've talked about these three dials, God, parents, and friends. Can you see how Rehoboam's friends influenced his decisions? You may have this great relationship with your kid. They may have a great relationship with God. But there's a third dial that we have to pay close attention to, especially as our kids get older. So this passage, it kind of brings out and highlights the importance of influencing your kids' friendships. Because his choice of close friends affected his decision-making. It's a fact that friends influence the quality and direction of our lives. And some of our greatest successes and some of our biggest regrets have been influenced by our friends. My friends and I used to always have this saying, do it for the story. Now, that never leads to anything good because it's not like, oh yeah, do your homework, do it for the story. No, it's usually like, should I crazy carpet down the side of the escarpment? Yeah, do it for the story. So that's a true story, and I have a fractured L5 vertebrae. But uh, <laughs> friends have a major impact on our decision-making. Startlingly, a friend has more potential to influence a person's decisions than either their parents or God. And that's why as parents, we must not overlook the category and work, um, and work using our influence to help influence the choices your child makes in the area of friendships. And what I mean is that we tend to think that friendships are fairly harmless, but the relationships that our kids develop with people outside of the home can either be positive or they can be negative. And I believe it's our job as parents to be intentional in helping shape those relationships and turning that dial. God's word's clear about the blessings and consequences of cultivating the right friendships with Proverbs 13, 20, that says, walk with the wise and become wise, associate with fools and get in trouble. Pastor Andy Stanley writes it this way, the company we keep is like the soundtrack in our lives. Inevitably, we will dance to it. How true is that? Thinking back on the, the amount of influence that we allowed our friends to have in our lives. 
But in order to use your influence to turn the dial, I believe you need to ask yourself a few questions, which is, who's influencing your kid right now? Secondly, is there someone you need to dial out? And is there someone you need to dial in? And some of you might feel a little hesitant to pronounce judgment upon your kid's friends. And others of you, uh, you might be a little more controlling in this area and already feel like you have it undercover. But just remember this, handle this responsibility with love and with care. Because friends gain influence because we allow them access to our hearts. And that's why it, it, it begins shaping our worldview and begins shaping the decisions we make. But as we're seeking to influence our kids, we need to keep our relationship with them a priority so that we too will have access to their heart. Sometimes if we try too hard to turn these dials and influence them one way or the other, we begin turning our dial with them colder and colder and colder. So just do this, handle with love and care. Romans 12, 9 to 13 says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Which leads me to guidepost number two. Create a hospitable space. And this one, um, I came across this years ago. I, I read Henry Nowen's book, Reaching Out. And he talks about hospitality, which I'll quote him soon. But it's a bit of a, a weird um, way of looking at it when you're dealing with your kids, thinking about them in terms of being hospitable with them. But I believe it belongs to the center of the Christian message that children are not properties to own and rule over, but they're gifts to cherish and to care for. You see, our kids are our most important guests who enter our home, who ask for careful attention, stay for a while, and then they leave to go on their way. And children are, are these strangers that we have to get to know. I feel sometimes like a terrible parent admitting this, but I didn't have that deep love for Landon the moment he was born. And I felt guilty for that because my dad would always talk about, man, the moment you guys were born, I just loved you and all this. And I think that that developed and he looks back at the moment I was born with that deep love and affection. And... But I realized, I, I admitted a week or two ago that I was utterly scared and didn't know what to do with him when he was born. But I also realized he, he's this person that I actually need to get to know, to learn to love. That they, our kids have their own style, their own rhythm, their own capacities for good and evil. And we, we innately know this because it's not surprising when we, when we hear parents say about their kids, they're just so different. Like they're not like me or they're not like her and they're not like each other. They all have their own capacities. They're their, their own person with this internal force. We touched on this a couple weeks ago, that our kids carry so much potential within them, this hidden treasure that has to be discovered and led into the open. 
And I believe that this is done by creating a hospitable space. So Henry Nouwen, he defines hospitality in this way. Hospitality means primarily the creation of free space where the stranger can enter and become a friend instead of an enemy. Hospitality is not to change people, but to offer them space where change can take place. It's not to bring men and women over to our side, but to offer freedom, not disturbed by dividing lines. So as parents, we offer our kids a hospitable space, a home, a place that's receptive and safe and where our kids can develop and discover what's helpful and what's harmful. A place where our kids can ask questions without fear, can learn about life without feeling this risk of rejection. Creating a hospitable space helps them learn to listen to us, to others, to themselves. And by us teaching them this and modeling this for them, it in turn gives them the courage to leave home and travel on, knowing that they have the tools necessary to live well. And I think that's one of the greatest things I learned in my educational journey. In 2002, I enrolled in a Bible college, and that year felt to me as though it was, this is what you have to believe, this is how to defend this way of believing it. And following that year of Bible college, I turned my back on my faith and on God and church and anything associated with Jesus for four years. But then in 2007, when I enrolled in Trinity Western University and God was bringing me back on track, I felt like I needed to go into ministry and further studies. I always told people that what I felt they gave me wasn't what to believe, but the tools to discern what I needed to believe. They gave me the tools to be able to grapple with it, to question things, and they created this space where I could engage with those questions. They, they helped me kind of process not just what was right and wrong, but what was wise, what was unwise, what does history say about it, and our church fathers, and, and all these things I had never been exposed to before because it was always, this is what you believe, sign on. And I think this is the difficult task of parenthood, is rather than merely parenting at a force and power or authority, we need to try our best to give our kids the tools they need in order to grow into the freedom that allows them to stand on their own two feet, physically, mentally, spiritually, which ultimately allows them to launch, keeping with this whole theme of launching rockets. But the temptation is, and it always remains, to cling to our kids, to hold on to them. And I think more often than not, it comes out of our own insecurities and things we need to, to deal with. But at the same time, it's hard to let go. We, we love our kids. And it's hard after spending so many years devoting yourself to them and, and pouring into them to just let them go and trust that you've brought them into this place of maturity. But we need to keep reminding ourselves that our kids are our guests. They have their own destination. We don't know. We can't dictate that. But as we continue to, to treat them as our 
temporary guests and help guide and direct and influence, I believe it's possible to then let them go in peace and with our blessing. So a good host, they're not only able to receive their guests with honor and offer them all the care they need, but they're also able to let them go when the time comes. And that's our job as parents. But it happens when we create a hospitable space, a space where we're not trying to merely change our kids, but a space where we're allowing change to take place. And this is hard to do, but as believers, we're also reminded that we're not alone. In 2 Corinthians 6, 9, Paul's pleading with the Lord to take away the thorn in his flesh. And I'm not referring to your kids as thorn in your flesh, but uh, he's talking about his weakness. He's wanting his weakness to be removed so he can be strong. And Jesus says to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Guidepost number three is just give your kid everything that you can and let them go. And I believe the earlier that we can actually begin practicing this, the easier it will be when the time comes to really let our kids go, when it's time for them to launch. But it requires us to lean into our weaknesses, receive God's grace, trust him that his power will be made perfect, that not only is he strengthening us, but that he's also watching over our kids as we entrust them to him. Paul's underlying message he's been trying to get through to the Corinthians here is that when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. That, that God's power and human power are two separate powers. They're not the same thing. And sometimes the human power has to be knocked aside in order for God's power to shine through as he desires and he intends. The point of the gospel, the point of the Christian message isn't about our spirituality, but it's about God's grace. And I think this helps us learn to be okay with this concept of good enough parenting. Except that there's a point when good enough is good enough. There's so much pressure in today's world, today's society, to give our kids everything, and it and it comes from a good place, but sometimes it's just impossible. I remember seeing an Instagram post one day written by a mom that said, you got out of bed today. Give yourself a pat on the back. And let's face it, some days are just hard. With good enough parenting, the key is to trust God in the midst of our weakness. Yet be consistent, show up, be present, be who you are. And this all begins when we accept the grace that's offered to us by God through Jesus. At our family dedication service this past March, too, we had five families stand up here making the decision to commit to raising our kids in the way of Jesus. But we also have to remember that this doesn't guarantee perfection, nor does it demand perfection. Our kids are going to make decisions that we will not approve of. But will we offer grace? Will we walk with them toward wholeness? Will we continue to offer a safe space of hospitality? Will we point them toward Jesus? 
is we have to remember that our kids are not properties that we can control as a puppeteer controls his puppet. But starting from a young age, we have to continually learn the practice of trusting God and letting our kids go. There's something okay with only giving 75%. I know it seems weird, but I believe it just brings back the lightness to parenting. And when we can walk and live in that lightness, man, it's beautiful. It just sometimes allows you that space to breathe. And I don't think this just applies to parenting. As I've been studying this week, I, I, I even wrestle with this with church. Like, I want every little detail sometimes to be just right, and, and I, I'm a perfectionist, and I struggle with it. But when you kind of step back and say, you know what, God's in control. This isn't about Kevin. This isn't about me and what we can put together. It just brings back that lightness and that freedom to breathe and to lean in to the love of God. And when we can lean into Jesus, when we can accept his grace, his power will be made perfect in our weakness. It's him that sets us free. So give your kid everything that you can and let them go. By the grace of God, good enough will set you free. And I believe will set your kid free too. And last but not least, extend yourself grace. We've ended with this every week. And I believe it's just an amazing reminder of the grace that we've been offered, but that we can also receive and extend to ourselves. Because as parents, we're learning on the job. We're learning how to be a parent to our kids. We're, we're given kids, and we do our best, and we, we listen to them, and we try to be the best parent we can be, but then we have to let go. We can talk about the thousand things that have shifted and morphed in the world, that but no one has ever tried to launch your rocket before. So let yourself off the hook. Relax. Enjoy. See what happens when you spend more time enjoying, less time worrying. And for those of us with the little rugrats still at home, we need to help draw out and influence and shape our kids' internal force so that these little rockets can go where they need to. But always remember to keep extending yourself grace because no one has ever launched this rocket before. Let me just close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I am so thankful for the opportunity to not only get to go through this series and have fun with it and, and lean into different aspects of this parenting season, I'm just thankful for the group of people I get to do that with. I just pray that um, you continue to strengthen us all, that when we feel weak, that we're reminded of your grace, that it's sufficient, and that your strength will be made perfect. God, I pray as we conclude this series that we just... Um, continue to build healthy, strong relationships with one another, that we can lean and depend on one another, but that more importantly, that we can spur one another on in our relationship with you. So God, protect 
our families, protect our marriages, protect our kids. And I pray that uh, you continue to help us learn how to launch these rockets so that when the day comes, they will launch well and that they will make an impact and, and transform this world for your glory. In your name we pray, amen.